0: Good evening, if you have your Bible, join me in Numbers 27. Appreciate you being with us this evening. Numbers 27. As we come towards the end of the wilderness journey, we have seen much. We have seen a ton of lessons taught. And as you look at the children of Israel, even in, in the last couple of chapters leading up to where we're at, you see in them repeated mistakes from lessons that they've been taught, but they really haven't learned well. So you look at the wilderness, you say, well, how effective has this wilderness journey been for the nation? And as you look at it, you can begin to get frustrated by what's going on. We're going to look at tonight specifically one individual who learned the lessons and who we want to look at and say, that's who I want to be in the midst of the wilderness. Join me now. Numbers 27. We are going to begin in verse 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into the Mount Abiram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, thou also shalt be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother was gathered. For ye rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation, to sanctify me at the water before their eyes, that is, the water of Mirabah and Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. So God tells Moses, look, your time has come to an end as the leader of the nation. You're going to get to see the promised land, but then you're going to be taken to heaven. Verse 15, and Moses spake unto the Lord saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh set a man above the congregation, which may go out before them and which may go in before them and which may lead them out and which may lead them in that the congregation of the Lord be not as a sheep which have no shepherd. Moses recognizes an incredibly important principle right here. As Moses is coming to the end of his life, he knows that the people he has poured his heart into, the people he has invested so much in, that they still need leadership. And what Moses wants is that his leadership would outlast him. True leadership will always outlast you. As a parent, I want my leadership over my children to be such that when I'm gone, they continue in the way in which I have taught them and led them. That my parenting is such that they have learned to think, that they are prepared on their own, and that they can train the next generation and the next and on and on. True leadership will always outlast you. Moses knows His time is coming to an end, but it is so important that someone come on and to take up the mantle, if you will, who will continue on to lead the nation of Israel. So he asked God, God, you need to put somebody in here. I don't want the nation of Israel going around as a bunch of sheep with no shepherd. Please give them somebody who can lead them in your way. Moses knew that he had been the person. God was the one doing the leading. God spoke to Moses, Moses spoke to the people, and what Moses wanted was someone who would come in and continue to lead the people. Look, if you will, verse 18, and the Lord said unto Moses, take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit and lay thine hand upon him and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight. And they shall put some of thine honor, excuse me, and thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And he shall stand before Eliezer the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. At his word shall they go out, and at his word they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. We see Moses had a desire that his leadership would outlast him. That someone would come along. All along the way, he had been preparing Joshua. Though he didn't know Joshua was going to be the next leader. He didn't try to force that on the Lord. He just said, Lord, you lift someone up. And the Lord lifted up Joshua. God always lifts up another leader. Can you imagine the children of Israel? Moses was all they had known. Moses had this incredible direct contact with God. Moses had overcome Pharaoh. Moses was the guy. He was their deliverer. He was their leader. Though they had often fired up themselves against Moses and and tried to come against him, Moses had always prevailed. And they knew he was a great leader. But his time was done. Who's going to come on now? Who's going to be this next leader? And God says, I've got someone ready. I've got someone that I will lift up. We cannot forget, God is in control. And he will bring that next leader. He may have a completely different personality. He may have a completely different skill set. But Joshua, I want you to learn, Moses, I want you to teach him here this last lesson. Get Eleazar up, put Joshua up, you show your hand of blessing on him, give him some of your honor, but let everybody see and let Joshua know God's still in control. God says, I'm going to lead the people, I'm going to give Eleazar a message, he's going to get it to Joshua, and then Joshua will lead. But no. That just because the person is different, just because he's gonna look different, act different, think different, because his personality is so much different, it doesn't matter. I'm still in control. And as the nation followed Moses, even so now they have to follow Joshua. Moses was the deliverer, Joshua was gonna be the leader to victory. Take your Bible, turn over to Deuteronomy 31. In Deuteronomy 31, we see a little bit more of what happens at this moment when Joshua is brought up in front of everybody. The book of Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. Moses' swan song of the rules and commandments for the nation, the guidelines to live by. As he's nearing the end of Deuteronomy in chapter 31, we see this time in which Joshua is lifted up, verse 1. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee. And he will destroy these nations before thee. And thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did unto Shion and to Og, king of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, and he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Joshua... Excuse me, and Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all of Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Children of Israel, you go in and be strong god's going to lead you joshua you lead this people and you be strong and joshua as you go and as you lead the people know that god is with you and he's going to lead you as well god used all along the way the wilderness journey to prepare joshua god used moses and the wilderness to make joshua ready to serve him It was a crowning moment. When you look at all of the wilderness journey and you come to Deuteronomy 31, Joshua is the fruit of the wilderness. He's the one who comes to the place to where he can be greatly used of God. Joshua is the one who I want to be in the wilderness, and he's the one you want to be in the wilderness. The one who learns the lessons, who does what's right all along the way. We want to look at several instances of Joshua's character. Now, it is true that there are two individuals that we can look to in the wilderness. We can look to Caleb and we can look to Joshua. These are the only two who make it through that we know of. When you look at Caleb, Caleb is an individual that we don't see nearly as much about. We're going to see a little bit. We do see that he still has the strength. Give me that mountain. He's ready to go into the promised land. Joshua is the one we see all the lessons that he learns and he's now promoted to the position of leadership of the nation. The first lesson we see that Joshua learned was when Joshua led the army in the battle against Amalek in Exodus 17. Joshua comes, he goes in and he gets to fight a battle that is new to him and new to the nation. Coming out of Egypt, they're not ready for war. Moses looks at Joshua and says, Joshua, I need you to lead the army. I'm gonna go up into the mountain, I'm gonna ask God to help, But you get down there and you do the fighting joshua takes an inferior army and he leads them into a battle against a foe that they cannot possibly defeat joshua learns early that he is going to have to overcome adversity he learned to overcome adversity he comes in and in the wilderness the obstacle seems too great he begins to fight Moses is up on the hill. He sees the battle unfolding. When his hands are up, Joshua prevails. When his hands go down, Amalek prevails. Back and forth they go. Joshua has this huge adversity in front of him. He overcomes it. But he recognizes that the power to overcome this adversity is from God. He learned that victory is from the Lord. And as Moses has the power of God and he is lifted up to God, then Joshua prevails at Amalek. Early on, Joshua is young. He doesn't know everything he's supposed to be doing. The army is young. He doesn't know how to lead. He simply does what he's told to do. He follows his leadership. Moses says, Joshua, go. He follows. He obeys. He gets out there and he sees the adversary defeated. And he sees God give the victory. In the wilderness, one of the beautiful pictures that we learn is that we can overcome whatever adversity when we have the power of God on our life. Joshua takes that lesson. He's going to use it again in the promised land over and over and over. But he had to learn it early on. And he stayed true to that lesson he had learned. The next thing we see there in the life of Joshua comes in Exodus 24. In Exodus 24, Joshua goes up into the mountain with the 70 elders of Israel. And Joshua, and he goes, or Moses, and they go up and they feast with the Lord. And the elders go back down to the camp. And Moses goes on up to spend 40 days with the Lord. And Joshua goes up with him. We don't know all of Joshua's role. We just know that the Bible tells us, Moses' servant Joshua goes up and he's there. We don't know all that he saw. We don't know all that he heard. We certainly don't know that he understood everything that Moses did. We know he's there long enough that when he comes back down to the camp, he sees all the idolatry going on and he says, what is this? It's the sound of war in the camp. But Joshua gets to go up and he gets to be witness to all that God is doing. And he is removed From this wickedness that's going on down in the camp. Joshua learned a lesson here that we can learn. And the lesson he learned is being a servant has its rewards. Just serving Moses. The leader that God had put there. Joshua now has a part in it. Joshua doesn't know what the future holds. Joshua doesn't understand the role that he's being prepared for right now. He just has a humbleness that says, I will serve the one that God has put over me in my life. And I will do it willingly, and I will do it joyfully, and I will recognize that service has its own reward, and I will look and I will see. We know down the road that Joshua obviously has great leadership ability. That ability was in him in many ways at this moment. But he doesn't push back. He doesn't look at Moses and say, 40 days of just sitting here, this is a waste of my time, Moses. He simply does what Moses asked him to do. And he gets the reward of seeing all the glory of God there in the mountain. Being a servant has its own reward. Joshua learns the lessons and he applies that first lesson of overcoming adversity later on. And we see something else we can learn from him in Numbers 13. Numbers 13 is when the 12 spies go into the land. 10 bad, 2 good. They all see the same thing. They bring back the report. 10 say we can't overcome them. Two, say, we can stand up and we can win this fight. Caleb is the more vocal there in Numbers 13. He says, look, don't whatever you do, don't rebel against God now. Joshua is there. He said, we can do this. We can overcome this obstacle. He learned how to overcome adversity. He learned that God is the key to the power of victory. Certainly going into the promised land is going to be the same thing. Yes, there's adversity, but we can overcome it in God. He's trying to help push the people with this. Nobody wants to listen to him. They want to rebel. They want to stone Moses. They want to go back to Egypt. But here we see that Joshua learned that he needed to stand up for what was right in spite of the obstacles. So he does. It wasn't just as if there were 10 people against him. It wasn't just as if the people over the promised land looked overcoming. The whole nation comes against him. Joshua was able to do what's right even when everyone else wanted to do what's wrong. Caleb's the only other one who's standing there with him. And yet, in spite of the obstacles, they say, We're going to do what's right. Joshua learned quickly this truth, though he didn't see it come to fruition for decades. Joshua learned, right always wins. Joshua and Caleb say, No, we can do this. This is what's right. Within hours, They get a message from God that everyone's going to die except for Joshua and Caleb. Oftentimes in the wilderness, when we stand up and do what's right, we don't get a message right away that we're going to be rewarded for doing what's right. We don't find out a direct message from God soon enough that everyone else is going to die, but you're going to survive. Joshua does. But getting the message didn't deliver him from the wilderness. Getting the message helped him know That 40 years from now, there was going to be hope. But he was going to have to endure the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua and Caleb suffered the punishment of the wilderness because of other people's sin. They were ready to go in right away. They knew right away that right was going to win. But they didn't see payday for years. My preacher used to always say, payday doesn't always come on Friday. When dealing with the Lord, you don't have to expect that at the end of the week, God's going to make sure and balance the books. But what you do know is that right always wins and that God is no man's debtor. So there is a time coming when God will pay his debt, meaning when you do what's right, you're going to reap what you have sown. That is going to come true. But just because you don't see that right away, just because for Joshua, it was 40 years, it did not change a thing. Joshua had to rest in the fact for years that as everyone around him died, he would survive. But it would take years before he received the benefit of that decision to stand when he came out of the promised land. Caleb too. But right always wins. Over time, there were more lessons for Joshua to learn. We see a great one in Exodus 33. The children of Israel have disobeyed. Moses has to go into the tabernacle to get a message from God to bring back to the nation. Joshua goes with him. In verse 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Moses talks to God face to face. He goes back to deliver the message. Joshua sees this. Joshua's there. And he says, Moses, you can go, but I need to stay here. Whatever it was between Moses and God that Joshua saw, Joshua knew, I don't have that, but I want that. We've said all along. The wilderness, don't ever forget the presence of God. And Joshua said, I know now that the presence of God is the key to the power of God. And he stays there because he wants what Moses has. He doesn't know he's going to be a leader at that point. But he knows what Moses has with God is different. Too often Christians will go, "Man, I want their Christian walk. But what they don't understand is you can't have their Christian walk without saying, y'all go ahead, I'm staying with God. Joshua wanted God, he wanted his presence. He stays, he learns, he grows. He has to have God. He knows that Moses has something he does it and he wants it and he will not give up on it. For you and I, the wilderness can teach us and set us aside so that we have to spend time in the presence of God. But yet we can fill that time with so many things. No, nope. Joshua says, this is what's most important to me. He learned that lesson And the great thing we see about Joshua is he takes these lessons and he brings them to the promised land. He goes up, he crosses over the Jordan River, the water parts just like he had seen it do for Moses. He goes in and his first battle is against an adversary he can't defeat, Jericho. But victory is from God. So he's got to go. He goes to the presence of God. And that's a great story in and of itself where God tells him he's on his side. He's going to be there. He's going to help him defeat that battle. He goes in. He prepares. In spite of the obstacles, he does what's right. He marches around. He doesn't go with his own plan. He doesn't try to fight. He doesn't try to overcome the walls. He marches. The walls collapse. Joshua goes in. And yes, there are a couple of mistakes that Joshua will make throughout the book. But he always comes back to the Lord quickly. He always gets things right. He always pushes the nation forward. He goes in and he helps bring the nation into a place of victory in the land. Joshua remains faithful. He just faithfully walks with the Lord. Joshua's name means salvation. He has an Old Testament picture of Christ. The deliverer. The one who is going to bring us into victory in this life. And so Joshua goes in and he leads them. But he is faithful in his leading. And they go in and they take the promised land. And when you come to the end of the book of Joshua, you see such a great epithet, such a great testimony about Joshua. In Joshua 24, 31, and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. They didn't serve the Lord all the days of Moses. They served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And more than that, all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. The people saw what God had done in getting them into the promised land, getting them out of Egypt. They saw it in Joshua. Joshua, leadership outlasts you. He teaches those under him. Look, you teach the next generation. We need to keep going. We need to keep following the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you going to do the same? And he calls them to it. And the people step up. They follow Joshua. They follow the elders that outlived Joshua. And the nation walks with God because Joshua remained fruitful. Joshua learned the lessons of the wilderness. When you go through the wilderness in your life, and if you're going through it right now, you step back and you say, okay, how do I want to come out of this? And the answer is, I want to come out of this just like Joshua, closer to God, prepared for whatever he has next for me. I want to have learned my lessons. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter what I have to endure. It doesn't matter if it's my fault that I endured or not. Because in the wilderness, I can keep close to God. I can keep growing close to God. And God can use whatever he's teaching me to bring victory one day. And so, God, I'm going to just keep walking with you. Keep faithfully serving. I'm going to keep doing what's right all along the way. I'm going to remain faithful. Because when the time comes, That I move outside of the wilderness. When I move to the place of the promised land. To that victory. That victorious Christian life. I want to be like Joshua. Prepared to do everything that God has called me to do. How about you? Are you living in the wilderness like the children of Israel. Murmuring and complaining. Looking for an easy route out. Or are you like Joshua. content? serving respectful growing determined for the presence of god so that when you come out when god delivers you then you're ready to do whatever's next let's live our lives like joshua did ready to serve the lord as we come to a time of prayer this evening let's be much in prayer for our nation as at this moment we still don't know who our next president will be We do not know certain things about who's controlling different branches of government. Let's pray a couple of things. That it will be an honest election. I think that's important. Two, that God will use it to help draw people to him and to bring glory to his name. And that healing will come to our country as a result of this being done. And that there can be a sense of grace in coming back to the Lord as a land. Let's pray. And we'll also be praying for our revival coming up at the end of the week. Father, as we look towards those times of life in which we go through difficulty, may we grow in grace like Joshua to be victors, that we can then in turn live the life that is pleasing towards you and lead others to do the same. Father, Joshua is a great example, and may we grow in grace in the wilderness just like he did. For our country, Father, we lift it up as With the election, there is some unrest and uncertainty in lives and hearts. Father, I pray that it would be an honest election and that the results would be true and they would be found to be right. Father, I do pray also that the principles of biblical truth would stand and win out. I do ask that you would use this election for your glory, draw us closer to you, and bring our land healing and help us as believers to take the gospel across the world and across our country to see it return to you and to walking with you. We attempt to start that process even in our own church and community this weekend. We pray for our War Games event with teenagers and that there would be great, great victory and lives would be changed, souls would be saved, teenagers would walk with you. I pray for revival services, that homes will be healed, lives will be different, and that individuals will have a new sense of the power of the Holy Spirit of God in their life as a result of the next week in our lives. God, we need you, we lean on you, and we ask you for power. Guide us and direct us for your glory, and it is because of Christ we ask it. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful evening.